You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills, and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas, and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode number 250 of the Make It British podcast. 250 episodes. I started this podcast in November 2018 and in that time I have recorded four seasons, over 8,000 minutes of audio and I've interviewed over 150 guests. So if you've listened to this podcast for quite a while, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you especially for anyone that's left me a review. So thank you, thank you if you've listened to a few of these episodes because I know that 8,000 minutes of audio is no mean feat. Um, And also if you've just started listening to this podcast, if you've just discovered it and this is the first episode that you're listening to, it's a good one, but it also means that you've got 249 other episodes that you can tuck into. Today, this is the last episode in the current season. I'm definitely going to be back. I'm taking a little bit of a break. So this is the end of season four. In the meantime, hop over to the Make It British YouTube channel because I've got more interviews on there with British brands and tips and advice for making in the UK. So I'll pop the link for that in the show notes for this podcast. And now with no further ado, let's get on to the main topic of this episode. Today is all about growing your British brand in 2023. Now, having worked with hundreds of British brands over the last few years, probably thousands actually, through our membership and our coaching program at Make It British over the last 10 years, I've started to see trends and patterns that have appeared with those businesses that are doing well and those businesses that aren't. So I thought what I'd bring you today is 11 tips or ideas that you can use to help grow your British brand next year in 2023. So some of these may surprise you, uh, and some of these may not be something you're doing that you may want to think about. And I have to say, we all know like the next few months, possibly a year or two, are going to be challenging for the UK. But as a small business, I just want to say you are in a really good position, a much better position than the big brands and retailers because you're small, therefore you can be nimble. They've got products that they've bought months ago. They have got marketing strategies that have been set months in advance by huge teams of people. You as a small business can switch things up, test things out, try new things and change to see what works. And that is the most important thing that I want you to get across today. Now is your time to shine, okay? If you've got a business that makes in the UK, now is definitely your time to shine. And so take away from today, if there's one thing I want you to take away from today, 
it's that 2023 is definitely the year that you should be trying new things. Because if there's one common trend that I am seeing from those people that are doing well right now is that they're testing out and trying new things. They're not afraid to try to do something different because there's no doubt that trading and selling right now is very different to where it was in 2020, 2021, when we had the pandemic. Lots of people were, I was going to say locked up. <laughs> well, we were, weren't we? Lots of people were locked in and they had a lot of time to spend on the internet, surfing and searching. And a lot of business was done online. A lot of people did very well out of focusing all of their marketing efforts on Instagram. And what's worked in the last couple of years is not necessarily going to be what is going to work in 2023. So I ask you to listen and learn with an open mind today to what I'm going to say to you. Okay. So I'm going to give you 11 ideas for how to grow your business in 2023. So number one of my ideas of ways that you can grow your brand in 2023 is track your numbers. Because first of all, if you want to grow your business, you can't do that if you're not measuring and tracking where you've been before. So you've got something to compare to. So a lot of small businesses that I speak to when I ask them, and particularly people that we work with in our coaching program, and I ask them to talk through their numbers, how are sales looking, what's your current conversion rates, where are your sales coming from? They don't necessarily know the exact figures. And it's so important because you won't know what's working if you're not tracking what has worked so far or what hasn't. So if you haven't already got yourself some sort of dashboard that you keep your numbers in, and that doesn't mean just a kind of cursory glance at Shopify statistics once in a while. This means regularly tracking. Maybe get yourself a spreadsheet Something you can put it in, the dreaded spreadsheet. I don't know, a lot of people that run product businesses don't like the idea of a spreadsheet, but somewhere where you are constantly monitoring what your numbers are. Because even if you think that sales are down and they aren't where they need to be, I'm sure there's some gems in there, but you won't know if you're not drilling down into the numbers and you won't know what you need to fix if you're not tracking, okay? So my number one tip is definitely to make sure you track your numbers. And actually, at the start of the year, that's a great time to do it. Look back on what's happened so far, maybe spend some time over the Christmas holidays, just one day looking back over where your figures are, where they've been this year, maybe bring in a couple of years before that as well. So you start to see the trends and what's different and start keeping a track in 2023 of what your numbers are. Are you ready to finally master your manufacturing and create profitable UK made products? If so, I've got an exclusive training just for you. This training is for businesses that make in the UK or want to and who are interested in working with me in our British Brand Accelerator for creative small business owners who want to develop and sell profitable UK made products. If your application is accepted, you'll receive a copy of my exclusive free private training on how to develop profitable UK-made products with ease. In the training, I go through my exact three-part framework that we use to help our clients successfully launch and grow their UK-made brands. And I'll show you exactly how it works along with all kinds of examples. 
I'll also explain everything you need to know about the accelerator to ensure that we can truly help you to get the results that you're looking for. To apply for an invite to the British Brand Accelerator and get a copy of the training, go to katehills.co.uk forward slash apply. So number two of my list it's time block. So again, any product-based business that we work with, we always notice that they spend far too long focusing on product development and not enough time on other things like marketing and sales. So hands up if you know you haven't dedicated enough time this year to working on your marketing and sales, and you aren't the only one if that's the case. So one of my recommendations is that you spend at least... 30% of your time on doing marketing and sales. And that doesn't mean that's the sort of thing you can outsource to an agency or a social media person. And therefore, you don't need to spend any time on it at all. Because even if you are outsourcing it, you should be setting the strategy for what your marketing and sales strategy is going to be for the year. So one of the best ways that I recommend to do that is actually to block out the time. Because if it's not in the diary, if you're anything like me, it's not going to happen. So set yourself time aside every week strategically to block out time to be working on marketing and sales so that you've got a plan. And that doesn't mean as well, that's just scrolling through Instagram or TikTok. That's not marketing. Marketing is actually thinking, how are you going to get people aware of your product and your brand and what you do? And how are you going to get them to make that purchase? Okay. So you really need to be blocking out time to do that. And maybe a good time now is to look back and see how much time you have actually spent in the last year. How much time do you think, if you had to estimate, how much time you spent thinking about products, tweaking products, designing products, going to visit a manufacturer? That's good. That should definitely take up some of your time. And how much of it have you actually spent on strategically marketing and selling? Or is that the job that always gets pushed to the back of the pile and the back of the to-do list? Because businesses that I see that do well are those ones that are always looking at marketing and sales and looking at opportunities and new ideas for marketing sales and actually focusing on it. Because that is what moves the needle. You can produce most beautiful products in the world, but if you're not actively marketing and selling them, then nothing's going to happen. So that's number two, to block out that time in your diary to do sales and marketing. Number three is be more transparent. So this is so important. In fact, I heard from only, a make, from only today from another Make It British member who said, when I asked her, because she said sales have been really good for her this Christmas, what is the number one reason? And she said, because we're really transparent about where we make our products, who makes our products, and that we don't do greenwashing like the big brands do. And that is so important. And it's going to become more and more important to actually be transparent. There's so much talk about sustainability. The big brands have jumped on the bandwagon. They've done some shockingly bad and ill-timed campaigns, ill-researched, I should have said, campaigns where They've been um, outed for, for greenwashing. If you make in the UK, you know who makes your products. You can show who makes your products. You can be transparent about where your raw materials come from. You could be transparent about why your costs are what they are. 
that you are a small business making those products, the more transparent you can be, the better. Because people are starting to think more about the purchases that they make. And it's really important that you're able to show that. And by that, I mean in your marketing, on your website, the way you sell to your customers, where you talk about your products, how transparent are you being? And could you be more transparent? Is there more that you can do to be very open about the way you run your business and about the way you source your products and where your raw materials come from? So number three is to be more transparent. So number four, which kind of goes along with that, is to educate your audience. So if you have got a business that makes in the UK and you've done a lot of research into finding the best manufacturers and the most sustainable raw materials, are you educating your customers in terms of what that means and therefore how that reflects in your prices? Because if you're worried about my prices are more expensive and therefore am I going to have issues selling my products as people start to become more um, concerned about how much they're spending? How are you articulating to people as to why your products cost what they cost? So for instance, are you educating them in how much longer that they will last and therefore what good value they are? So do you let your customers know? Maybe you offer a repair service Are you educating your customers in terms of why you do that, how you do that, where you do that? How are you letting people know? That could be on social media. It should definitely be on your website. Is it on your labeling? How are you educating your customers? Because some of the best British brands I know are really good at constantly making people aware, making customers aware about their brand and how how it's made and how it's how why it costs what it does and why it's good value for money because that's what you need to be educating people about right now because that is what the big brands can't do because actually they don't really want they don't really they can't really offer what you can in terms of things like repairs take back and repairs as easily as it, as you can as well so how can you educate your customers that's number 4 number 5 which kind of ties in, is to revisit your labelling. Now, at our um, Make It British Forum recently, any of you that were there for that would have seen that I showed some Google trends with the words search term made in UK. And made in UK over the last few years has been rising significantly, as has made locally and other kind of local locally related terms compared to phrases like made in Britain, which I thought was very interesting. So how are you labeling your products? Do you label your products quite clearly where they're made? Are they made in the UK? Are you using made in the UK? Are you using made in Britain? Are you using somewhere hyper-local? Maybe you manufacture in Yorkshire or a certain small town and you want to tell people exactly where your products are made. So are your labels really clearly stating this sort of information. The same with sustainability info. How clearly are you labeling what's gone into your products, what that means? How are you describing the materials that you use on your labels? What have you got? There's information on your product that tells people exactly 
where and how and from what your products are made. So it all ties in to the whole education piece is make sure that your labeling matches that as well. Number six. Okay, something a bit different now um, in terms of product offer. Try thinking, if you don't already, about whether there's things that you can offer on pre-order. And one of the reasons I say that is because the meeting that I was at yesterday with Leicester manufacturers, there was a lot of talk about the big retailers and how one of the biggest issues they've got at the moment is about the amount of stock that they're sitting on because they've ordered so much of that stock upfront, like they do, from overseas. It's already sitting on the water, as we used to call it back in my buying days. They're committed to it. They're sitting on a lot of stock and and they're stuck with it. So they've got no cash flow. Now, as a small business, if you can offer pre-order on some of your products, if you don't already, then that's a great way of not being numbered with a load of stock that you're sitting on, like the big retailers. So it means you can switch things around. You can test things. You can pre-sell something so that you, you don't have to make it before you've sold it. So is there something you can do on pre-order? If you're a new business just starting out, pre-order is a really good one to think about as well, particularly if you make in the UK. So this is one of the other advantages about making in the UK. A lot more manufacturers in the UK now will consider pre-order. So they will let you place a smaller order and commit to the actual quantity that you want to make closer to the time. So it's great for you to be able to get the cash up front if people pre-order from you, because a lot of UK manufacturers will love you over the big brands if you can pay up front as well, particularly if you're a small business, because some of the big retailers, in fact, a lot of big retailers, no, what am I talking about? Most of the big retailers don't pay for 60 or more days after they've actually received the product, sometimes up to 120. I think when I was at Debenhams, it was 150. So for the manufacturers, they have to wait a long time for those big businesses to pay them. As a small business, if you can get the money up front from pre-orders and you can pay your manufacturers promptly, they're much more likely to be flexible for you going forward as well. And that's certainly one of the advantages of making in the UK is you can offer things like pre-order, Just make sure that if you do, you find out from your manufacturer what their lead time is going to be at any point in time. Make sure you know that information. And you're also clearly communicating to your customers that buy from you what the expectations are in terms of when the product's going to arrive. Don't offer a pre-order. Tell them it's going to be two weeks and then find out it's actually going to be eight. So make sure if you do offer pre-order, you set realistic expectations in terms of when the delivery will be. It's certainly a great way of testing out ideas for new products rather than committing to lots and lots of stock. Number seven is to rethink your marketing. Now, if ever there was a time to try something different, 2023 is going to be it. What has worked before is not necessarily what's going to work going forward. Like I said at the beginning, lots of people shopping online during lockdown. It was relatively easy on Instagram to get traffic and sales through platforms like Instagram. That's not necessarily working anymore. So now is the time to rethink your marketing. 
When we did our Make It British Forum a few weeks ago, we had a really interesting conversation with some established British brands talking about what was working for them right now in terms of marketing. Really interesting to hear some of the more, I suppose, old school ways that people were actually driving sales. Things like leafleting local customers, doing in-person events, which people haven't done for quite a while, sending catalogues through the mail. Yes, post in the mail. Um, Doing more emailing than they'd done before. Trying new social media platforms that they hadn't tried before. So don't just do the same thing as you've done before. What's that phrase? If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Except I think for 2023, that's more likely to be do what you've always done and you'll get less than you've always got. You need to try things different and you won't know unless you try it. So collaborations as well. Is there collaborations that you can do to bring into your marketing to get your brand in front of more, like get your brand in front of different customers? Who can you collaborate with that aligns with your brand and who your ideal customer is that maybe sells a different product type that you can get together and do an event or a competition or that you can put leaflets in their products when they send them out and vice versa. Is there a, uh, um, is there a friend that's, that sells a similar sort of product, a business connection that you know, another Make It British member, if you're a member of Make It British? Who can you pair up with to collaborate with? Because two audiences shared is better than one. And now's definitely the time to try and reach new audiences. So, I urge you in 2023 to start rethinking your marketing. Number eight is test out TikTok. So talking of rethinking your marketing, I don't think I ever would have said this even six months ago and certainly not a year ago. TikTok was that platform that everyone's kids were on or people, people's grands were on there dancing and uh, well, it used to be called Musical.ly, didn't it? Before it even became TikTok. And I remember it like that. It was literally people lip syncing. But every day I open TikTok at the moment, a different British brand has joined and is trying it. And as much as I hate to say it, I do think that more people are going to be moving over to TikTok and we have to embrace TikTok and we have to embrace short form video good thing about TikTok is it's much more raw and uh, kind of done on the hoof, I suppose, as Instagram. It's a lot less slick, which may or may not work with your brand. And this is one of the issues that I'm hearing British brands raise is that I don't feel like it's going to represent my brand properly. So I'm not saying don't continue on Instagram. You need Instagram. It's almost become a catalog, a visual searchable catalog of your business, a window into your business for people that to then go over to your website or to follow you somewhere else. So you need to be on Instagram. It's kind of a necessary. But do you also need to be experimenting on TikTok? I'm putting that out there as something for you to consider. Certainly download the app if you've not done already. Follow some other British brands and brands that you admire and see what they're doing. There's some... I. I saw a talk recently about TikTok and the person that was giving the talk said there's two things that go on on TikTok. There's education and there's entertainment. Now, the entertainment as a brand, you're probably not going to get involved in. It's the dancing and pointing and lip syncing and silly stories. But 
education is definitely something you can get involved in. So what does that mean to your brand? Definitely TikTok is something to keep an eye on, I would say. So I've put it in there um, for you to think about. Right, let's get on to point nine. So number nine is reward loyal customers. There's two ways to grow your sales, to make more sales. The one thing is to find more customers to sell to. And the other thing is to sell more products to existing customers. And I think from rewarding loyal customers, if you've got a brand that makes in the UK, in order to get them to repeat purchase or spend more with you each time they buy from you is a really good way of growing your sales. Because I'm sure there are some real gems of people that are already bought from you, who love you, who would like to hear more from you and find out what you're offering next. So make sure, firstly, that you're keeping them in the loop and you are emailing existing customers regularly. Is there also something you can send specifically for loyal customers so they feel special? Maybe that's even a Christmas card that goes through the post. Also think about what are you doing for those loyal customers when they buy from you? If you notice that someone repeat buys from you, are you dropping them in a little note to say thank you for another purchase? Are you even getting on the phone to them? I mean, talking about um, rethinking your marketing, getting on the phone as in old school sales in that way and speaking to existing customers is a brilliant way to get loyal customers because they feel really valued. We've worked with people who have customers who've come back time and time again and spent thousands of pounds with them because they pick up the phone about an order. When they see an order come through online for like a 500 pound jacket, they get on the phone to that customer just to say, thank you for your purchase. Can I double, just double check this? Or can I just double check that? Um, it's a really good way of opening up a conversation with someone. Nine times out of 10, they will speak to you. They'll absolutely love it that the brand owner is calling them and asking them a question. You could also reach out to them on um, social media, but I think actually picking up the phone old school and speaking to loyal customers is a really good way to get those customers to continue to be loyal to them. So have a think about what you can do to reward those loyal customers that you've already got. And if you don't know who your repeat customers are, then go back to point number one, <laughs> which was track your numbers. Within that, you should know who are your highest spending customers? Keep a list of them and do something special for those customers that are spending money with you every month. Who are your top customers, your most loyal customers? That's definitely something that you can do to offer the personal touch, okay, which very few of the big stores will do. So this is where you can be different. Number 10 is brush up your websites. Now, websites are one of those things where a lot of brands do a set it and forget it. They'll get an agency to develop it for them and it'll look fantastic when it's first launched, but then they don't actually know whether that website is actually driving sales for them. So you should definitely know with your website, what is your conversion rate? What are your most visited pages? How many people are adding things to the shopping cart and then not going on to purchase? What are those products that they're adding to the shopping cart and not going on to purchase? 
and then working out why. So if your conversion rate is low, but your traffic to your website is good, you're getting people on your website, but there's something about your website that is stopping them from actually making a purchase. So you need to be digging down and looking at what is actually happening happening on your website and whether that website is doing what it needs to do for you, which is delivering sales. And particularly, I see when people have spent a lot of money on a fancy web agency, they've got a lovely looking website, but not as necessarily a really well converting website. And by converting, I mean converting traffic, i.e. visitors to the site, into sales. So take a look at your website, maybe with a customer's eyes. Think about it from a customer's perspective. What are the reasons why they might not be purchasing from you once they get onto your site? Maybe it's mobile. Maybe more than 50%, 60, 70% of your traffic is from mobile, but your website hasn't been optimized for mobile. So do that whole customer journey through the customer's eyes that they would do and look at your, your figures for your website, look at your analytics for your website and work out where the issues are, where are the bottlenecks on your website and think about getting them fixed because a lot of people launch a website and then don't think any further about it and then they wonder why they've not got any sales. So if sales are down for you, look at, How much traffic are you getting to your site? If the traffic is the same as it was last year, but the conversion rate is lower, you've got an issue with your website. The same amount of people are coming, but they're not buying. So what is it about your offer, the website, the way you're presenting it to them that is not optimized and it's not working? And if it is that your conversion rate is the same, but you've got less people coming to your website, you need to spend much more time on marketing to get people to your site. So think about adding that to your marketing strategy when you start looking at spending that all-important time every week on doing your marketing. Right, so let me just recap on what the points are so far. So number one was track your numbers. Number two was block out your time. Number three was be more transparent. Number four was educate your audience. Number five is revisit your labeling. Number six is offer pre-order. Number seven is rethink your marketing. Number eight is test out TikTok. Number nine, reward loyal customers. And number 10, brush up your website. And then finally, number 11, if you want to grow your British made brand in 2023 and want someone to help and guide you, as well as a group of other small business owners to hold you accountable, then why not apply to join British Brand Accelerator? It's a comprehensive, hands-on coaching program for small business owners who want to launch and grow a profitable UK made brand. And there's no better way of hitting your goals in 2023. To apply, go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash apply. I look forward to seeing your application. And if your application is accepted, I'll also send you my special training on how to develop profitable UK made products. So what are you waiting for? Get your application in right now 
and let's help you hit your goals in 2023. The most important thing, I think at the end of the year, it's a great time to look back, even if you think the last few weeks maybe have not been as you've wanted them to be, look back and see how you've done compared to the last couple of years. And also pre-COVID, pre-lockdown, 2019, because a lot of people are saying in retail, we're at where we need to, we used to be in 2019. So look historically at how you've done, what has done well and what has not worked so well and what can you build on and what can you change and what can you do new in 2023. If there's one thing I want you to walk away from what I've just said today, it's that you need to try new things in 2023. Okay, that's the most important thing. So I hope that's really helped give you some ideas for 2023. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Friday, plus there's bonus episodes occasionally. Many of the interviews that you hear on series four of this podcast are also available to watch on our YouTube channel. You can find it by going to youtube.com forward slash make it British LTD. That's make it British with the letters LTD. Bye bye.